This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, we know that supply chains around the globe have been pressured significantly since the start of the pandemic, but the belief is that maybe things are getting better now, and that is welcome news for so many companies. But the last two and a half years have also proven that there are changes needed to improve supply chains moving into the future. Pleasure to be joined by Kimberly Lounds Foster, who is a Senior Vice President Strategy and Business Excellence for Bristol-Myers Squibb. She joins us to give us her first-hand accounts is what she has seen uh, over the last few years. Kimberly, great to have you with us today. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So, I mean, on the larger scale, is it surprising that the issues around supply chain have lasted as long as they as they have to this point? You know, Dan, that's a good question. And, and honestly, it's not surprising. Um, it's specifically as it relates to the pandemic. This has been an unprecedented time in our in our history, and you know, the, the, on the positive side, it's great that we're talking about the supply chain. But one of the things that we've learned here is that our our supply chain is a competitive advantage when we look at both resiliency and reliability. And so our our C-suite leaders are starting to have this conversation. Some have had it, but others are starting to have this conversation more in earnest. And it's better understood the role of supply chain, both supply and manufacturing, and shaping the strategy of businesses globally. So there's an understanding out there that uh, while supply chain can be a big benefit, there are some pitfalls out there that need to be looked at and addressed and advancements made as we move ahead the next few years. Well, you know, when I look at it, it's a positive trend in the sense that we are no longer talking about supply chain as a transactional back office function. That's really kind of the history of where supply chain started over 30 years ago. And what we're learning is that supply chain is an enterprise st- function that has a strategic role to play. And essentially, it's a team sport. Um, what we develop um, has to be manufactured has to be supplied to customers and our sales and marketing teams rely on us to do that. So as I think about supply chain, it's really a strategic role that we play. Um, and you know, when it comes to looking at where the opportunities to continue to innovate in supply chain, it's really around digital investments, really ensuring that we are thoughtfully decentralizing our supply chain. What, what, what do I mean by that? Diversifying where you manufacture products and then driving connectivity by investing in digital systems to drive transparency of information quickly. So take us a little bit deeper into that digital side for a moment, because I, I think we we think primarily of supply chain, as you kind of alluded to, of getting product A from point A to point B. But with that digital world that we're in right now, the benefits we see that with our smartphones and our computers and so many other things. But from the business perspective, it, it has a great opportunity to continue to drive uh, benefits moving forward. Absolutely. I look at the digital opportunity within supply chain in two buckets. One is making sure that our business processes and our systems are very much so well connected to drive access and transparency of data information to drive business uh, business outcomes or, or drive better decisions. The second is really investing in our people, our supply chain professionals, to ensure that we're increasing the degree of digital literacy so that 
they're able to navigate those systems, access, access those systems, and their user experience is, to your point, just like an iPhone. If you yeah. think about supply chain in the past, it was much more of um, an, an organization that was kind of, as I said earlier, back office. Um, but but now it really has to be more connected, both internally in the business and externally with the environment. So when you talk about Bristol Myers Squibb specifically over the last couple of years, what has this time helped yourself and others at your company learn about supply chain that has made it better and will continue to kind of take those next steps? You know, the pandemic actually created opportunity. So you, we always say, um, in a revolution, innovation occurs. And so it actually did occur. Uh, we had a great example with our clinical supply chain where when we had the global lockdown, you can imagine investigational medicines, product that are being used for clinical trials. We run our tr clinical trials in many markets. We service over 70 markets globally. When the borders closed, we still needed to ensure patients got their life-saving therapies. And so one of the things our team was able to do is work with our regulators in the different regions to do a new at-home delivery for certain products that would um, be feasible to be administered at home so that those therapies continued. And what we learned from that was we have an opportunity to really partner with um, the health authorities um, with, with um, our sponsors in a compliant way to really improve uh, how we deliver clinical trials to create greater access, maybe in rural areas. And so that's something that we're starting to work through internally just because we had a situation where the borders were closed. Yeah. Well, one of the things then is that's been talked off of that, uh, specifically here for U.S. companies, is the idea of having more manufacturing here inside the U.S. borders. And I'm wondering if that's something that has been talked about and, and whether or not it's going to develop, you know, in the near or, or longer term. But is that a topic that's discussed, you know, in amongst the executives there at Bristol-Myers Squibb? What we discuss is resiliency and resiliency takes two parts, ensuring that your raw material and your manufacturing for commercial and or clinical product, your supply chain has multiple nodes and it has alternate sources along with geographical diversification. We believe that driving an investment in resiliency is a home run when it comes to an insurance policy to ensure patients in the 70 plus markets that we serve actually receive their product, whether it's in the clinical space or in the commercial space. Specifically for your company, then, has the mindset, it sounds like a little bit that it has changed in terms of the importance of it. It's been impacted, and the expectation is that this is going to be an incredibly important component to the overall operations of the company over the next uh, decades and, and beyond. Supply chain has um, had an opportunity to be more amplified uh, within Bristol-Myers Squibb. And essentially what we're doing is we're making those investments, um, looking at how we build out new products, how we ensure that we have redundancy in our supply chain, how we're investing in digital capability, both on the system side and the people side, to ensure that our ability to recover and return to operations quickly in some cases, it's, you know, a workaround to 
go back to operations, maybe through a different node, if a node is taken out. An example would be if we had a natural disaster, a hurricane or a flood, and one of our manufacturing uh, plants went offline, we have to be able to ensure not just through strategic safety stock, that supply continues. But in that window of time, how do we get operations back up and running? Because our therapies, in a lot of cases, are, are life, life-saving. So go, going back to the, to the digital for a second, because the, with the amount of data that's out there these days, uh, there's certainly a wealth of information, whether it be internally from what you've experienced with your company or with other companies and other executives you talk with about what are the paths that need to occur as we move forward to make that resiliency as best we can in the years ahead? Yes. So there's a couple of things that we're looking at when it comes to how we look at our digital strategy. First and foremost, about five years ago, BMS actually took the the bold step to invest in creating a center of excellence around business insights and analytics. And essentially, that's a team of of data sciences. I mean, these are some really bright folks. Um, And it's a different capability. It's not just for supply chain, it's for the entire enterprise. Because we saw that data and analytics will be a huge driver of success for many aspects of our business. Then as we continue to mature in that space, we are investing both in training and then also, as I said earlier, really making sure that the data and information and systems are accessible so that once you have access, you have people who understand how to manipulate that data, run the scenarios, drive predictive decisions. Um, And in some cases, we're investing in robotic process automation so that transactional activities are no longer requiring people, it's automated. We're also looking at machine learning and AI to really drive how we're operating, not just maybe in development or commercial, but also in our manufacturing and our supply chain. There's a lot of opportunity, Dan, to continue to connect um, the data, both external to our business and internal across our business. And we're continuing to make those investments here. There have also been some articles out there talking about a talent gap in supply chain management. And I wonder anecdotally, are are you seeing any of that? And if you are, how that is best addressed as we move forward? Yeah, as it relates to talent, I see less of it as a gap, but as an evolution. Um, 30 years ago, the talent that operated in what we traditionally have called supply chain needed a certain skill set. We've talked a lot about digital, and that's one of the skill sets that we have to increase the digital literacy of our supply chain professionals. In our organization, over the last two years, a large portion of our organization joined the company during the pandemic. And this has been an opportunity for us here to really transform our culture, how we look at the ways of working and also how we apply skill sets differently than how we've done it in the past. And I would have guessed that some of that understanding through that evolution would occur within the company itself. It it might not necessarily be skills, although that would be beneficial, that people would be bringing to a company like Bristol-Myers Squibb, but it's something that the company also would probably want to address as, as time goes along as well. 
Absolutely. Um, looking at the skills and the capabilities, not just for today, but for tomorrow. Um, examples that I would highlight is um, some of the supply chains that we're operating within our organization, we're in a life science business where we manufacture therapies. Some of the therapies actually are so innovative that we have to build a supply chain similar to what you see in Amazon, where you know where your product is at every step of the way. That's not necessarily needed for all products, but there are certain personalized products where having that transparency at the healthcare provider is a competitive advantage and also a necessity to ensure patients, you know, get their product at the right time um, when, when they request it. Kimberly, great to have you with us and talk about this. It's obviously a, a very important topic as uh, we continue on here. Greatly appreciate your time today. Thanks, Dan. It's great to join you. Kimberly Lowndes Foster, who is Senior Vice President of Strategy and Business Excellence with Bristol Myers Squibb. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.